newspaper full of very serious, very real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than the newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Santa Claus, filling in for Diane Weathersby while she is on assignment in the vast expanse of the Himalayan desert. In an alternate world, the Himalayas are desert land and not mountains. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, Santa. Um, as you know from your nice list, I'm Florence Strums Jingle, co-host of the podcast here in this dimension. I am familiar, yes. <laughs> My name has come up many times on the nice list. It's teetered. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice of you to make time in your busy schedule to come and guest star on Paper News Out Loud. I know that me and our listeners are super excited to have you here. Um, how did the holiday season go for you? Well, Florence, it was fantastic. You know what they say, find the job you love and you only have to work one day a year. Literally only one day. Mm-hmm. One evening, in yeah. fact. <laughs> it goes very fast, too, because you're always busy. It's just you're something's going on constantly, yeah. That's a pretty sweet gig you got there, though. Not to mention that one day consists of you pounding down cookies and yes. snooping through people's houses. My favorite thing. <laughs> Once all the toys are delivered, um, what do you and Mrs. Claus do to unwind? Well, first of all, I do just want to say that cookies and milk that I eat on uh, Christmas night, or Christmas Eve, I guess I should say, um, are the only things that I eat all year. I have to get enough to sustain my jolly shape, um, so please, please continue to leave those out for me. Uh, but to answer your question, we supervise elf practice, take a vacation to Maui, and sleep for about five months. It's frankly the best job I've ever had. It's kind of like Santa hibernation. You yeah. Go into a brief hibernation after the holidays. It helps maintain the jolly shape, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Santa, I just want to thank you again for being here. Um, we'll be doing a segment later on where Santa shares some of her Santa secrets with us. So you'll want to just send us um, questions that you have for Santa through interdimensional portals, and we'll ask the jolly lass herself them at the end of the show. Please remember, when sending content through interdimensional portals, standard text messaging rates do apply. With that being said, let's dive into our headline. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, yo ho ho and a bottle of eggnog, the holidays are here. Whether you're stuck in traffic, slowly freezing your fingers off, walking from store to store, trying to find a gift for your son's teacher's dog, or wondering why there is so much tinsel in your cat's poop, it's truly a wonderful time of the year to get together with friends and family, think about how we're all humans out there in the world, or aliens, or reptiles, reptilian elites, whatever, um, at the end of the day, we're all the same, and that we should prioritize peace over all other things. That is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, surprisingly, you know, people used to ask for world peace for Christmas, and they just stopped. Like, that has been down. We chart what people ask for for Christmas every year. Mm -hmm. We have a whole statistics apartment at uh, the North Pole, and it's very low. It's down in the zeros, mm -hmm. yeah. But Ferraris are up. Everyone wants a Ferrari. <laughs> There's no hope left for the world. Yeah. Um, so while you're pondering these terrible things that Santa just shared with us, it's not too bad of an idea to sit down with a glass full of eggnog. Mm. Eggnog is a delicious treat that I enjoy throughout the holiday season. The unofficial history, um, as Santa may know actually, I might be able to touch on some of this, of this tasty and rich drink is that it was crafted by sentient reindeer in the deep Canadian wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, it was the ambrosia of their reindeer gods, which they sipped on as they conquered the forest, and thus 
all of Canada. Mm -hmm. But since the sentient reindeer have stock in this podcast, we cannot tell the unofficial history of the eggnog. We must tell the official history of the eggnog. So a little disclaimer. So the official history, which we can share on, on the radio, is that humans invented eggnog. <laughs> yeah, that that's boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not as boring as you think, Santa. Um, you see, eggnog is actually made of a combination of a yolks, milk, and fragrant spices. Well, where does the Christmas magic come in? <laughs> of course there's a dash of Christmas magic, um, which is known by mortals as rum. Oh. So, eggnog made its de debut on the holiday drink scene in Britain in the 13th century. Oh, that was, that was lit. <laughs> that was a time to be alive. Quite a time, yes. <laughs> the holiday drink scene in Britain was blowing up during the 13th century. So when you've got, like, hot chocolate, hot apple cider, peppermint hot chocolate, they're all getting invented. The hot drinks really had their time to shine in the 13th century, that's for sure. So monks would use... The rich and alcoholic drink, then spiked with sherry, not rum, to toast prosperity and good health. And everyone knows how big of partiers 13th century monks were. Yes. Yeah. Common <laughs> um, knowledge. So they probably used it to play eggnog pong. I love that. How do you think the rules of eggnog pong compare to traditional beer pong that is practiced at parties today? Well, it's actually real simple. They're pretty common. Um... All you need is a solid dozen gallons of eggnog to make this work and 20 festive holiday glasses. The rules are pretty much the same as beer pong, um, but instead of ping pong balls, you use holiday ornaments. Oh. Mm, just for a little fun that's twist. That's good. Yeah. Like the, so is everything glass in this scenario? Yeah, like it's the dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And the ornament glasses? Mm -hmm. uh, what if you're tossing the ornaments and it chips and breaks on the edge of the glass? Do you have to drink every eggnog glass that the broken ornament fell into yes. does that count yeah. yeah it's also very dangerous and it's mm -hmm. banned in most major countries definitely in all of europe and australia it's still legal in the u.s mm, interesting yeah but yeah you use a holiday ornament you can do whatever color or size you want and instead of beer you use eggnog and at the end of the day anyone who plays this game is a loser because you consume so much eggnog that you have a bellyache and can't eat any more holiday food. It's probably a game you really only play once. Like, you wouldn't <laughs> want to play it multiple times a night. Like or you, your life. You do it once to say that you did it. And yeah. then you just never do it again because it's terrible yeah. or you're dead. <laughs> There's no in between. So in the 1700s, eggnog hopped on a ship and traveled over to North America and South America. In the American colonies, um, those good old settlers were the first ones to add rum to the drink, while um, Puerto Ricans, who also adapted eggnog and took their own twists on it, um, added coconut milk. Oh, that sounds really good. There are two different kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make alcoholic coconut milk, do you think? One would think so. Like, I mean, there's coconut rum. So if you have oh. coconut milk and make coconut eggnog, you think you could add coconut, coconut rum. rum to it. That sounds really good. But like any cult classic holiday drink, um, eggnog has a following of purists. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess they're real sticklers. <laughs> How fun. Um, so if you enjoy store-bought eggnog, um, eggnog, eggnog enthusiasts recommend making a batch of homemade eggnog, which is said to be richer and tastier, since you can add more egg yolks than grocery stores can. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration only allows the drink to be 1% egg yolk, so a very small percentage of the drink is actually egg yolk. Um, apparently the egg yolk is where that, that Christmas magic happens. So it's the not, flavor. It, the flavor. Yeah. It's not the rum. 
So if you don't worry about salmonella and have a few dozen eggs laying around after the holidays, um, try making your own. I will not be linking a recipe in the episode description because I like all of you and I don't want you to die from eating raw eggs. It's for your own good, I promise. I bet you could do something kind of like deviled eggs where you hard boil the egg first, <laughs> then scoop out the egg yolk and mm -hmm. put that in your eggnog drink. Just it has a little bit chunkier texture. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You just whip it real good. <laughs> How good do you whip it? So good. Just real good. Real good. <laughs> real good. <laughs> um, so this is a history of eggnog that our reindeer overlords want us to believe. And remember kids, there are no reindeer overlords. They definitely are not watching you. They definitely don't know where you sleep. And they certainly are not feeding you eggnog to slowly gain control of your mind. But I do know where you sleep. Be good kids. <laughs> Santa knows everything. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Speaking of reindeer who are definitely completely safe and aren't trying to take over the world, Santa, do you want to take us over to Pet Corner? I'd love to. It's a well-known fact that Rudolph is my favorite reindeer since he proved his worth to me, Santa. Since Rudolph became the most famous reindeer of all, however, he has become a bit of a handful to take care of. Here is a guide to taking care of Rudolph, and I hope that you can pick up some tips to take care of the finicky reindeer in your life. We've all had a finicky reindeer. These are going to be really helpful. Yeah, they're, um, it's not their fault. Like, they require a lot of special treatment to stay alive mm -hmm. because they're such majestic and magical creatures. And respecting the reindeer in your life also shows respect to the reindeer overlords that don't exist. So first of all, you want to really polish those antlers. Rudolph really likes glitter on his antlers. Um, he actually discovered this after polishing his antlers and one of the elves accidentally used glue instead of antler polish and then Rudolph freaked out, ran through um, the uh, present making mm -hmm. and gift wrapping section of the, the North Pole Corporation mm -hmm. and got glitter. He knocked over a shelf and the glitter just poured mm -hmm. on his antlers and then he was running, freaking out, screaming. Mm -hmm. He ran past the mirror, discovered he loved it. So ever since then, he's been requesting that we put glitter on his antlers changes up the colors, we do cool different designs. It's really great. Just check with your reindeer first to see uh, what kind of craft supplies they like on their dome because you can do ribbons, mm -hmm. bows, all different kinds of things. Sequins, buttons, it's it's great. Gems, it's I, a lot of fun. I bet the glitter looks nice when his nose is all a, a lit. Yeah, it works like really well for Rudolph. Disco it, ball, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. If he spins around really fast, it's like a party. Some reindeer don't want a doll. They like their uh, um, antlers all natural, and that's fine too. Respect your reindeer's wishes and um, antler preferences. Mm -hmm. Another thing you want to do is trim that fur. Um, I don't actually think a lot of people know this. It doesn't really show up in the fiction very much, but reindeers have ever-growing fur. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly strong, so it doesn't break or fall off on its own. So, like, some reindeer in the wild will have just, like, trains of fur mm -hmm. dragging behind them. So, you'll need special shears to get this off. But once the fur is trimmed, you can use it for a whole host of things. Um, actually, all the dolls that come out of the North Pole, their hair is oh. reindeer hair. Even Barbie? Especially Barbie, yes. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the most popular one. It fills a lot of needs, so upcycling. Right, exactly. Um, but only the ones that you get from Santa on Christmas. Mattel doesn't. We don't have a partnership with mm -hmm. them. Um, Got it. Yeah. Rugs, it's great for. It's really soft on your feet. Like, if you want to throw them in the bathroom or even make them a centerpiece, 
um, in your living room. And you don't have to hurt the reindeer, it actually helps them so you're not uh, hurting an animal by making a rug out of their fur. Wigs, it's really great. Um, again, it's strong and durable so it doesn't break. And decor, like you could hang it around your house, apartment, castle, wherever you live. It's a lot of fun. There really are endless possibilities. Yeah, that's a great way to like craft after the holidays too. Mm -hmm. And keep your reindeer happy. You can make braids out of it, all different kind of cool stuff. Uh, the trimming prevents, also prevents animals from living in their fur. So once it gets, you know, it gets warm and stuff and then other animals try to sneak into it. Um, the reindeer don't like that as much. And it keeps the reindeer from tripping on themselves <laughs> and like they can see because the hair's not, the fur's not in front of their face. That kind of stuff. Which is more embarrassing for them than anything. <laughs> yeah, it is. And yeah, so when you're trimming that fur, you can do different designs and styles too if your reindeer prefers it or, you know, fun like buns all down their backs, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, then another thing they like to do is to go on long walks. So reindeer need to stretch their legs regularly mm -hmm. all the time. Um, some ways to get this exercise in is to go geocaching with your reindeer. They really like, um, it's almost like a mini Christmas because you're going to find presents and then you're leaving oh, little presents. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very cool. They like picking up those little souvenirs. Good practice for the off season too. Keep them fresh. Keep them moving. Keep them yeah, flying. Keep that blood pumping. Uh, they also like to walk along the beach and prance in the water, oh. which is a fun treat for you because yeah. it's just, it's magical to see. <laughs> Makes your heart really happy. You also need to tell them how important they are to you. And my don't make mistakes like I did. Don't just tell them how important they are when you need them, like I did to Rudolph. <laughs> but tell them how important they are all the time. This is actually good. Um, this is a good tip for everyone in your life. Florence, you mean some to me. Thanks, Santa! Oh my gosh! That's why you left me that coal this year! Yeah, I wanted to keep you warm. Better than a hug. Way better than a hug. Hugs don't last very long if you're doing them right. Also, your reindeer is going to want to change up that scenery, redecorate the room, build them a new stable, buy them tickets to Disney World. This is These are all ways to change up their space and get them to see different things and kind of just shake up their lives without making extreme changes. Mm -hmm. People are like that too. Some people. <laughs> are you like that, Santa? Yes. Why do you think I like my job that travels the globe? <laughs> okay. Also, you need to shine up that nose. Rudolph's nose, specifically, needs to be clean of smudges at all times mm -hmm. to keep it shining at its brightest. What kind of products do you use on that? Or is it like a natural product? Is there something you can buy from like Reindeer's R Us? Yeah, it's actually coconut oil. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's very versatile mm -hmm. and the smell is really good for him too because you know, you're putting it on your nose. Yeah. So you don't want something stinky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Rudolph likes coconuts. Um, we actually have an elf that's hired. Their job is just to follow Rudolph around and shine his nose. Make sure when he's done sniffing things that it's still... Exactly. Fully functional. Exactly. Um, so shine up that nose might not apply to your reindeer, but your reindeer might have other quirks. Mm -hmm. It might have iridescent hooves. Yeah. Shape-shifting capabilities. Maybe your reindeer um, never poops. It has eyes that see into the near future. Or its eyes hold vast universes within them. Beautiful. It might have musical abilities, whether through their mouth or through their digestive system. You just need to do um, all that you can to make sure that your reindeer's special abilities are as vibrant as they are. Yeah. 
so whatever you can to um, not hinder them in any way that they can really shine their brightest metaphor <laughs> and also like Rudolph's nose <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if any of them glow they are legally mine so you do need to surrender them to the uh, elf forces that come to your house oh yeah is there a way to report legally glowing reindeer to make sure that they get into the right hands yeah if you set them on top of a roof okay. and command them to glow um our gps satellites will pick it up Perfect. That's really easy. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? There is literally nothing easier than getting a large deer up on a roof. It it's very true, um, and it's it's harder during the holidays. So I actually do request that you don't put up any decorations that resemble deer, reindeer on top of your roof that glow because we've had several false alarms. <laughs> we go to get these deer and they're connected to wire and they're and plastic. They're not actually, yeah, they're plastic. They're not actually reindeer. So it really helps itself if you uh, don't do that. Thank you. Yeah, great ways to take care of reindeer, great ways to take care of humans. Mm -hmm. And I think we learned a little bit of something. Yeah, reindeer are very fun to have. Amen. Especially <laughs> when they're magical. <laughs> Santa's actually going to be the guest star. Um, she, I know she's the guest star for this whole episode, but we're really looking forward to having her advice for this next one. I, yes, I have a wealth of knowledge in all things Christmas and holiday related, so I'm very excited to hear the troubles that your listeners are encountering this yeah. week. So we received this cry for help on the inside of um, all the wrapping paper of every single present we unwrapped um, over the holidays. It read, Dear Santa and Florence, amazing, amazing they knew you were going to be I'm here. I'm impressed. Yeah, Gosh. that's very cool. Amazing. Recently, my aunt dropped off a Christmas tree to spruce up my evil lair and get me in the holiday spirit. Unfortunately, instead of water, I gave it a concoction brewed up by a winter witch. It was the only liquid I had in my lair. We can assume the lair is in some sort of cave. Yeah. The tree came to life instantly. Long story short, we played some Call of Duty together and are now friends. I'm not sure how to keep um, the tree alive because I have never cared for one before. Any tips? Sincerely, Falalala Live in Florida. So I understand that having a plant um, become sentient, especially instantly, can be pretty spooky. Mm -hmm. It's happened to all of us on several occasions. But um, have no fear. Caring for sentient plants is exactly the same as caring for regular plants, minus their psychic abilities. Sentient plants lose their psychic abilities, mm -hmm. just to clarify. These tips should definitely help. Yeah, and I um, actually knew a group of kids that this happened to them. But with a snowman. Oh, yeah. yeah. You might yeah. have heard of him, Frosty. Yeah, I think I, that name seems pretty familiar. I'm not sure. I'd have to go look back at my tomes. Yeah, they sent him to me, and he is working in the statistics department up at the North Great. Pole. I bet yeah. that's a good job for Makes him. Makes really good charts. Yeah, he yeah. loves it. Shout out to the kids out there who created him. <laughs> Made him an Excel master. <laughs> he was employee of the month in March. It was very oh, good. good yeah, job, Frosty. Yeah. Okay, so you have a live tree, a living tree, a sentient tree. You don't want to keep this little guy in, um, indoors for too long, seven to ten days at the most. Cabin fever. Cabin fever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. If there's anything natural, it's a sentient tree. Wants to be outside. Mm-hmm. And while you do have them inside, just keep them in a cool spot. Like a rad spot or like temperature-wise, like a cool spot? The best would be a combination of both, but if it comes down to it, temperature-wise is the way to go. Okay, so yeah. that's what you should prioritize. Yeah. And then if it's also like a cool hangout where like a bunch of cool teenagers come and post Instagram posts and stuff, that's a good option too. Um, if I have a disco ball, 
Does that work? <laughs> is your disco ball Rudolph's head and his sparkly <laughs> antlers? Oh no. <laughs> it is shaped like that, yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, definitely. That makes it super cool. Um, so what, since we know that a witch's concoction might not have been the best choice mm -hmm. to water your tree with, what should you water your tree with? Well, you should water your tree with water. <laughs> Just, you want pure water, tap water. You can oh. buy gallons of regular filtered water if you want. Mm -hmm. Just water. Water. You regular can even melt water. snow and so that the snow turns into water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so water. Okay, okay. Water. <laughs> But I do, if you're still confused, I have some examples of things that you shouldn't water your tree with because it probably won't be too good for it if Okay, that helps. This, is, this is really good. Is this an all-inclusive list? This is just some examples to get you started. Um, if you want an all-inclusive list, I would just recommend Googling how to kill a Christmas tree and then this oh, list will show up. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, this is the reverse. We don't want to kill a tree, we want to keep it alive. Okay. So do not water, don't. water your tree with the following. Goat milk. Okay. Gatorade, laundry detergent, hair conditioner, soy sauce, chamomile tea. See, now that one, that one's tough for me because tea is made out of water. It's true, but I think it's something in the chamomile that makes a tree sleepy. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those situations um, that you see where, you know, you've got your tree standing upright and straight. Someone puts a single ornament on the top and it bends all the way over and from the can, chamomile. Yeah. And they can injure themselves that way, I suppose. Yeah. It's yeah. like a muscle relaxant for trees. Is it also kind of like a cannibalism thing? Because chamomile's a, a, oh, plant, a plant and the, your tree's a plant? That opens up a more, like, morally taking care mm -hmm. of trees. We, we're going to need, like, three segments for this, boys I and girls. I think so. Yeah, we'll have to examine this further. Um, what about rum? I have a lot of that. I would, would recommend holding off the rum and eggnog for the tree. Even though you feel like you're being festive and helping the tree get into a holiday spirit, not good for it. Okay. Not good for it. And a big one that I've seen a lot of people do is they try to add liquid butter, like they put on popcorn at the movie theaters. Don't oh. do that. Don't do that. Would you want someone to put liquid butter into all of your food? Yes, but trees don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Now that I know that I should water a tree with actual water, can mm. I use ice? You see, you, the tree wants the water instantly. I would oh. recommend melting any ice before you give it to gotcha. the tree. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So the whole purpose of getting a Christmas tree is to decorate mm -hmm. it. Is that still okay? Yeah, you're just going to want to decorate carefully. If the tree is sentient, or sends the tree is sentient, I should say, ask them if they want any neat decorations. Consent is key. Um... If they want to stand out a little bit, you can get them some ornaments, some garland. I, I've met ones that like hats, like nifty oh. hats or scarves, like human clothes. Mm -hmm. um, so you can try some of those. Just see what the tree wants. You wouldn't like if someone wrapped you up in a bunch of paper chains and then you couldn't, you didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, that's very true. It, they're itchy and I've gotten paper cuts that way. Yeah, so definitely. It's dangerous. And again, with paper chains on a tree, it's you're kind of tiptoeing in some morally gray area. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Okay, so once the um, holiday season is over and my tree is, you know, over the festivities and it's done being decorated, what should I do with it then? So just with the tree's permission, if you, this tree wants to live a long life, 
You're gonna have to plant them outside. Okay. If you want your tree to be around for a long time, then you'll have to plant them outside where they can grow and prosper, you know, pull nutrients from the soil, things like that. Um, you, the downside is you'll have to bring your Xbox outside to play video games with the tree, but at mm. least you still have your friend. Yeah. They're still around, they're still alive, they're still kicking. That's true, that's the important part. Um, so to get started with this, you just need to dig a hole big enough for trees' roots. Best to do this before everything freezes over, because it'll be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Or wait for the thaw. Or wait too. for the thaw, yeah. yeah. Um, get tree ready for some cold weather. Maybe get them a blanket so they'll um, get used to it. So like put them out in your garage, wrap them in a blanket and help them, you know, acclimate to mm -hmm. the outside weather. Um, once they're ready to go and they're not shivering as much, plant tree in the pre-dug hole, making sure that the base of tree is slightly higher than the rest of the ground to help with drainage. This prevents moldy roots and problems Ooh. growing. Yeah. yeah. Your tree will resent you for a very long time if you plant it improperly and it mm. does get moldy roots. Yeah, it's relying on you. It's incredibly uncomfortable and most trees are allergic to mold. And then the last step is to just set up a tin can communication system so you both can talk to each other um, even though there will be some distance in between you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the most difficult part of this move. We'll be getting used to not having your bestie always in your living room. Um, the change will be difficult but it'll be good because then you'll each get your own time to grow as human and tree. Still visit your friend frequently um, as a courtesy. Plant other trees around tree to give them a sense of community. Then you also get more friends too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And well, since your tree is sentient, will you have to also give the witch's brew to those other trees to make them sentient? Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I think my understanding is that sentient trees can still communicate with non-sentient trees, but non-sentient trees cannot communicate with humans. Okay. So they should still be able to communicate, but if you plant another tree and you're finding that they can't communicate, then you'll just have to get some more brew. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like bilingual in that way, where they can talk to the other trees and humans, but mm -hmm. yeah. humans, yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, most importantly, ask tree what works best for them. Perhaps they don't want to be cared for by you because they think you're a terrible caregiver, or they would prefer to be planted in a forest or alongside a beach. Um, since they are sentient and your friend, it's important to keep their best interests at heart. Yeah, and they didn't ask to be created. That was your fault. So if they do want to be planted in a really like distant forest, you will have to travel there. It's mm. now your obligation, your responsibility to make sure that this tree is happy. You owe them. You do. You really do. Well, the letters are stacking up from the interdimensional portal, Santa, do you want to get started with this interview? Oh, I have been waiting for this my entire life. Okay, so since we have jolly old Saint Nick here with us in the studio, I thought it would be neat to ask her some questions about what being Santa is really about. Um, thank you for sending in your questions through the interdimensional portals that is located in our living room, as you know. Unrelated, it also dumped a Volkswagen Beetle here. If anyone is missing a Volkswagen Beetle, please comment below. <laughs> but let's get started with a simple one. What actually makes the reindeer fly? Oh boy, so you might think this is simple, but this is actually one of the most complicated questions um, you could ask. Years and years ago, the elves in the Research and Development Department of North Pole Labs were experimenting with ways to make present delivery as efficient and whimsical as they could. It was really important mm -hmm. to get all the presents out and to still maintain that, you know, Christmas magic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
During the inception of the North Pole operation, we were only delivering presents to a few political elite, and it took us a full week. Wow. Not efficient at all. Mm -mm. Uh, the reindeer were pulling the sleds, but the steroids we were giving them could only make them so fast. Uh, through gene splicing and genetic manipulation, we were able to isolate the gene that allows birds to fly and inject it into the reindeer. After several years of gruesome effects we won't talk about, we finally arrived with a stock of reindeer that you know and love today. Uh, the bonus effect of the breeding has made them immortal, so uh, pretty cool stuff, eh? <laughs> that is truly horrific, and not nearly as cute and whimsical as I wanted it to be. But you know, science is still fun, kids, and I think Santa here helped us learn a lot about genetic modification. Um, well, uh, actually, I mean... It, it, it's a little luck in fairy dust. Uh, that's that's what makes them fly. And now our operation is able to deliver presents around the globe to deserving children and deserving children only. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm not saying anything. Do you have another question? <laughs> All right. This one's written on a napkin. Um, how do they choose who will be Santa? Is this like a lifelong gig or is it they're like a retirement age and an interview process? Like how does that go? Yeah, there is uh, freedom of choice like when you want to retire. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't grant you immortality, which is mm -hmm. unfortunate. Um, but for the duration of your lifetime, you are allowed to be Santa Claus cool. as long as you can maintain um, the jolliness and all that kind of stuff. As long as you're still able to do the job of the Santa Claus, then you're allowed to continue. Uh, it's But how they choose um, who gets to be the Santa, it's an extremely long interview process. Um, I actually, I really can't go into a lot of details because of the confidentiality agreement sure. I signed. Mm -hmm. But if this is your dream job, I can give you a few tips on how to uh, pad your resume. You want to have lots of community service. That is a huge bonus. Mm -hmm. um, they also want a clean criminal record. You must be able to prove that you have successfully pulled off home invasions and heist previously without getting caught. So, like, some, um, when you're doing the home invasions and the heist, you need to have, like, if you have a specialized calling card that you leave at the mm -hmm. home invasions that you can show as your authentic one, or if you take a trinket or a souvenir from mm -hmm. each one, something like that to prove that you did, in fact, do this, but also the clean criminal record that shows you... Uh, don't get caught so you can get up and down those chimneys without the mm -hmm. police um, catching on. Uh, you must also have a jolly chuckle and love children and giving. Those are yeah probably second to the home invasion, but still very important. Yeah, so vital. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Fun. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you get some um, new applications in for when you... Yeah, my retirement time. comes up in about, I'm thinking like 30, 40 years yet. Yeah. So, I mean, for you kids out there... This is a really good job to plan for. Mm -hmm. Okay, obviously the red suit is pretty famous. Are there any special features that we should know about? Absolutely, yes. There's the standard stuff. So just kind of think Iron Man, but more soft and festive. It's bulletproof, waterproof, self-drying, Bluetooth capable, there's autopilot, and it has extendable arms. Those are all included. Perfect. The elves in the R&D department are actually working on features like levitation and a minibar. Yeah, nice. The minibar will be fun because then you can have eggnog to go. Exactly. Yes. So what does headquarters, aka the North Pole, look like? That is absolutely classified, uh, but it is dope as hell. <laughs> is it cold? 
I, it's classified. Okay, everything's classified. It's absolutely classified. Okay, so we're just gonna, this is the last one that we're gonna do um, for the episode, but do you ever think that parents just use you as a form of control? Like they tell their kids all year long that they won't get presents unless they're good um, all the time, always, because you're watching them. Does that ever make you feel uncomfortable or does it make sense from where you're, where you're standing in? It makes absolute sense. Um, I I know this for a fact. That is why the Santa Claus was created. And that is, frankly, my favorite part of the job. The gross manipulation is what makes the job just really exciting. Uh, during the Santa Claus interviewing process, they do ask you a series of questions, including, like, how much do you like to control people? And I answered a lot. And I actually think that's what set me apart from the other candidates. Also, several well-placed bribes, but I think that's all the time we have for this interview. <laughs> well, Santa, I just want to really thank you again for being here. I'm so happy that your um, sleigh got stuck in that interdimensional portal and just dumped you right into our living room. Me too. Really helpful. Yeah, and it's kind of fun too that for a while my Santa suit was glitching, so all that I could hear was paper news out loud, actually. So I know that at this point in the show, Diane usually says, Hey Florence, can we pull this train into the motivation station? Choo-choo, Santa. <laughs> oh, I'm tickled. That was beautiful. I can't believe I was in the same room. <laughs> so deck the halls with boughs of holly. <laughs> Tis the season to be jolly. It's easy to get into a funk around the holiday season. You're spending a lot of money and eating a lot of food that makes you feel bloated and groggy. Not to mention you need to see family members who probably have different political views than you and are real jerks about it. What's your trick for staying out of the holiday funk? Before I was Santa Claus, I would employ the magic of music wherever I went. When I was looking at my credit card bill, eating cookies for breakfast, or going for my eighth helping of stuffing, or a relative tried to start a political argument, I would just pull out my harmonica mm -hmm. and jam out. It was usually loud enough to drown out anyone who was talking to me, and also quieted the internal sobbing that was echoing inside my head. I uh, actually still use this trick today. My therapist says that I should face my problems head-on, but then I pull up my harmonica and drown her out too for the rest of the session. You can use whatever instrument calls to you. I like the harmonica because mm -hmm. it's easy to carry with you and loud enough to be effective. Now that you're Santa Claus, is it even possible for you to feel the holiday blues anymore or do you run into the same problems that the rest of us do? Yeah, one would like to think that it's impossible for me to feel the holiday blues. Um, and many do, but just like any job, it does not make me immune to the ups and downs of human emotions. Wait, I thought you were just a really smart reindeer. You're a human? Well, I yeah, uh, I can see where that gets confusing because of the horns atop my head. They're very misleading. They were actually a present given to me after Prancer had shed them one year. But yes, I am human, or close enough. Gosh, Santa, you're, you're much more complex than all the holiday songs make you seem. That's probably because I usually don't make myself available for interviews, but here we are, interdimensional portals and that stuff. Uh, how do you do deal with the human emotion known as holiday funk? Personally, I just dig a shallow pit out in a park somewhere and ride it out until like February, so I don't have to deal with any of the hullabaloo. I pack a small grill, a bunch of snacks, and get Wi-Fi set up in the park so I can watch all my favorite shows, it's nice. Remember, avoidance is a form of coping. That is my favorite form of coping. 
Our challenge for you this week is to get out of that potential holiday funk, whether it be caused by rich foods or being upset that the holidays just aren't as fun as they were when you were young, find a way to pick yourself up. So I stood under the mistletoe for three days, waiting for a kiss. Just when I thought hope was lost, a small troll crawled out of the mistletoe and gave me a kiss on the nose. They then whispered, I am going to eat your cat later. This is the telltale sign that our holiday special episode has come to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what, to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you liked what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please leave the list of toys you want under the tree next year. We're just helping Santa out. Yes, thank you. Please. Um, if you're in love with what you heard, cosplay as me, Santa, at your next convention. It's sure to be a jolly good time. We will be giving shoutouts to people who review the show in later episodes, the we being Florence and Diane. I, unfortunately, will not be here. Uh, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank being a poet and not even knowing it. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled Five off his album Found on SoundCloud. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this. I bet Jake got a good present this year. Yes, he was on the nice list. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> um, so, dear listeners, we're looking to showcase community art in a new rotating segment, creatively named Community Art. Um, we want to see what you think Santa Claus looks like, so draw it, describe it, sculpt it, you know, make it into a cake, send it to me for me to eat. Yeah, nope. or I'm a really big fan of Maggie the Cat, <laughs> so if you have community art, that is Maggie the cat. That would be very cool too. That would actually make my life. Okay, you can submit short poems or visual art to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com or you can just email us to say hi and let us know what you like about the show, if anything, or your list of favorite songs. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. um, Diane also told me that she wants to put this stuff up on the blog mm -hmm. with, you know, links and credit to your work. So it'd be a really cool way to help us and also to get your brand out there. Yeah. Um, you can tweet at us like little birdies at um, Reality Out Loud. Share the show with your friends. Santa, do you want to close us out? Oh, I'd love to. Ho, ho, ho. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh.